We'll go ahead and get started with our Verizon IndyCar Series post-race press conference, joined now by Will Power, who finished third in the number 12 Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet this afternoon. Will, we heard on the television that you felt like you were struggling on the black tires. Do you feel like that made the difference between a third place and a win today? Uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely really strong on uh, reds, but struggled a lot uh, on on the blacks. Just so hard to drive on the blacks, and uh, you know, I think I think our pace wasn't bad. I think everyone did. It was just I think it was the temperature of the day. You know, it, the blacks work better in the heat. It was just a red tire day, no uh, track temp, and you know, kind of cooler ambience. So uh, yeah, at the end there we were very strong. You know, caught up to Robert. Maybe I should have pushed a bit harder earlier. But we've heard from you all weekend that this weekend meant a lot to you. You wanted to be aggressive. You wanted to have a strong finish. Do you feel like you completed your goal of doing that this weekend? Uh, yeah, we had a strong finish, um, and so did every other championship contender. They all finished in the top five. Um, and that's how it seems to go towards the end of the championship. If you haven't made the ground you need to make early in that year, it's always a struggle at the end because everyone's on their game and no one has bad days. They all, I noticed that last year. You kind of, once you're on the back foot, you kind of stay there because, you know, all the guys you're racing are all going to finish in the top five and, you know, have good finishes, and that's how it is. We heard different opinions going into the race of whether people thought there was going to be a lot of cautions or people who thought there were going to be no cautions. What were you guys kind of expecting heading into it, and how does that affect your race strategy? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, you know, I, it, I always find in practice and heading towards qualifying or even in qualifying that people are really pushing the absolute limits. And when they get to the race, when you've had a lot of reds during practice, it uh, it's usually a pretty green race because people have made those mistakes and kind of just back it up a little. But, I mean, you push. Uh, this series is so hard to win now. I mean, you push, like qualifying almost every lap. You're just pushing all the time. It's just there's no rest. Questions for Will? Yes, David. Um, what well, we were saying outside, how close were you to making it on two stops, considering considering how late your first stop was? It it looked like you were doing the same strategy as Rossi. Yeah, I I always thought it was going to be three because they told me the number in our strategy meeting what it what it would be to be two stops because you know I'm I, w I would be capable of saving the fuel, but um, yeah. It didn't, uh, maybe we should have thought of that. I didn't even look at the number to understand because I, I wasn't even, I didn't even save too much fuel in the, the warm-up laps. So um, we'll look at it and try to understand. But uh, yeah, that was, I, I didn't see what my best fuel number was. So I'm not sure how, you know, hard that would have been. And do you think that uh, Wiccan switching to Reds for his second stint is what, got him uh, top of the three stoppers. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good move just because, you know, when I ran reds at the end there, I was like, wow, they actually last and they're fast for a long time. So they're just de they were definitely faster than blacks. That was a smart move and he got good track position and put him in some clear air. And that's, yeah, that's kind of, that, that may have been a better strategy for us, yeah. Okay, so going into the race, we talked yesterday, I talked about your strategies this morning. Everybody said two stops, almost impossible. And they also said the left front tire is not going to last on the reds. Yeah. Both those things happened. <laughs> how, do, how, do these, how does everybody but one team get it that wrong? 
Well, it's actually the I think it was a track temp. The fact that we have very very uh, a, you know good track temp. It wasn't hot. That looks after red tires, and the ambient wasn't that hot either. So it was just a good day for reds, not a good day for blacks. Will, sing on, whatever. You've you've qualified front row and up front almost every race, uh, and the ones you qualified front row, you've only got one win so far. Is that is that kind of frustrating with how well you've been performing on qualifying day to be unable to kind of capture those wins on Sunday? Yeah, I know I have two wins, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was on the f yeah, 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 but but yeah, I know what you mean. It's just, it has been a it's a it, it has been frustrating that way. Every race that we finished, we finished strong. Just had too many DNFs. It's just one of those years where, just whether it's a mistake by me or uh, you know radio miscommunication or an engine issue, just way too many DNFs. I mean, you know, we could be so much further ahead right now, but that's that's how it is. But yes, frustrating. Looking at the race and the, and the finishing order, I can make the argument that that's about the reputation of the folks who had the best, for the best drivers in the series. I mean, the top yeah. uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe even ten if you throw a sack in there. So you take a look at today's race with today's chassis. Is it the best driver that was that was moving to the front, best equipment or, or combo somewhere therein? Yeah, I mean, it was the, uh, the best, obviously, a strategy game who was on what tire and when and you know who did two stops which was only one guy um but all all good drivers like but you can't it's so hard to win now everyone's good all the teams are good all the stops are good and you know it comes down to a good strategy calls and um just having a good car on the day i mean it's uh but it's it, but it, it took a really good driver to pull it off in two stops too so yeah i didn't even look at the number my best number to see how possible that was but obviously it was possible to you know, get that number and, and do it in two stops. We we just didn't even think of that going in because I asked the question. I said, what is, what you know, is it possible for us to do two stops? And my engineer was, no, no. He so. also had about 120 seconds to push to pass left. Yeah, that burns yeah. fuel, all right. <laughs> Any last questions for Will before we let him go? Will, congrats. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And we'll welcome in Robert Wilkins driving, Robert Wickens, excuse me very much, driving the number six Lucas Oil SPM Honda for Schmidt-Peterson Motorsport finish second in today's race. Robbie, we heard you say on the television that you think maybe a few more laps and you might have caught up to Alex. Do you feel like, uh, do you, or maybe, excuse me if I misunderstood you, but do you feel like you could have caught up to him had, had the race gone just a little bit longer? I think I would have been able to challenge him if, uh, if I had a clear third stint. I think we lost a good 10, 10 or so seconds. And as a driver, when you have 20-odd seconds in hand, it's very easy to probably hit a big fuel number. But if you see a guy closing a second a lap and it's within five, I think suddenly he won't be hitting that number anymore, and then maybe he would have not made it, right? Um, we knew going in that the, the three-stop um, to two-stop was basically the same race distance. The only risk of the three-stop was um, not having clear air to maximize it. And unfortunately, the third stint, we... Uh, we got we got that problem. I got stuck behind Sato on on new reds. Um, he was just quick enough that I couldn't do anything, and I had to wait basically 10, 15 laps for him to get a bit of deg to finally make a move because I was I was on the blacks and he wasn't making any any inroad with TK, and we we're both kind of stuck there. And 
it was just a frustrating stint. Um, finally, I got around Sato, and the next lap I was able to get TK, and I was actually shocked by the pace I had. I actually wasn't surprised. I was surprised I was actually being that pace limited, but uh, it's unfortunate. I think in that second stint of the race where we basically were the first ones to commit to the three, we kind of overcut Ryan, and we thought things were looking pretty rosy and on the reds. Had great deg, and the whole stint just went flawlessly, to be honest. We were able to pull out, I think, like a 13 or 14 second lead. Um, I thought, you know, we got this because I was confident that we'd be quick on the blacks and our strategy was go black, black to the end of the race. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that, that third stint there with the traffic was the thing that just destroyed the race for me. Um, but all in all, started P5 to come home P2 is not, not a bad day. And coming off of a, of a strong finish the previous race as well, what do you feel is clicking right at the team right now? I mean, I like to think we've been having strong races all, all season. Um, you know, we, we could have podiumed in Iowa, but we still got a top five there. Um, and then back-to-back -back podiums. I mean, arguably, it could have been three podiums in a row now. So things are, things are working well. But uh, you, can't, you can't rest in this championship. You have to keep pushing and keep working because, uh, you know, we, we didn't think a two strategy was going to be our best race today. So we very early committed to the three, which is why we started the race on, on used reds. We knew before the race even started that we were going to do a three. Um, and when we saw everyone on new reds to start the race, we thought that they were going to try push it for a two. And uh, I was actually really, really happy in that opening stint that I was, I was hanging with the, the new reds the whole way along and then we were able to kind of run our strategy and go out new reds and just kind of check out so it uh you know i think i think we ran a good a good race today we just got a little unlucky with the traffic yes Tim. yeah robert so translating to make it on two stops you basically had to slow down enough to basically y'all could match the speed on three stops if you didn't have traffic is that what you're basically you're talking about well that's I mean, that's the whole put you in contention that's the whole point, right? I mean, yeah. you, it's about a 25-second pit loss. So you have to basically save enough fuel to stay 25 seconds ahead of the guy pushing the whole time. So it's, uh, like I said, I mean, I think it could have been a different outcome if we just had clear air the whole race, which is what we needed and what we were relying on, and we didn't get it. Other questions for Robert? Yes, David. Uh, back when you finished second in the Indy GP, uh, you were talking about your difficulties with uh, fuel saving because it's the first time you've had to do it. Uh, do you feel that uh, you're better at that now and that a two-stopper might have been possible for you? We, we evaluated both options. I mean, before the weekend even started, we kind of, because we tested here last week, we, we dabbled a little bit with saving a bit of fuel to see what numbers you could hit with what lap times. And uh, from that data and then also in free practice, we kind of confirm that again and if we hit the number we needed to hit to to do a two we still thought that a three stop with our car um was going to be the best race for us um also especially qualifying fifth you know it's it's tough when, when you're leading the race and controlling the pace of the field on a track that's pretty difficult to overtake um you can hit a number pretty easily i think and i think that alex obviously did a great job in qualifying started first um, and could just kind of control the race as he wanted. He checked out early, and then he kind of backed up into the field because he was hitting his numbers while everyone else wasn't, right? So, and then uh, when he was running long there, it was just, you know, a, a battle of lap times versus fuel um, for, for both of us. For me, I wasn't having to save at all. I was quality laps for 90 laps today. So it was, uh, it was fun. You know, that's, that's how I like to race. I'm not a big fan of saving fuel, but I understand it's the name of the game here in the IndyCar. But, uh, no, I mean, all in all, if you could reduce, do it again, I mean, I'd, I'd probably opt for the three-stop again. It's just, I don't know what happened there, because Sato had a spin in the, in the first stint, right? And, uh, 
you know, without that spin, I wouldn't have been behind him because he would have been somewhere else. And then I think getting by TK would have been pretty easy. But the fact that I was stuck behind Sato on reds with way better low speed grip than me, I could never get close enough out of two to make a run down to four. And it wasn't, you know, I had to wait for a mistake. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you never know. Do you think race, uh, race control should be uh, more uh, vigilant about imposing, uh, you know, blue flag rules? Yes. Will you be speaking to them? It's th the rules are the rules, and they're not going to change it in season, right? So what they have is what we have to deal with for all the whole year. But I just thought it was comical that for my entire third stint, for honestly 28 laps, marshals were waving blue flags at every single post, every lap I went through it. And I was just like, I felt bad for these marshals. They're just waving blue flags for, for no reason. It's like, just don't, just don't do it then. Because it's just weird because they don't have, it's not a command blue, so they don't have to move over. And obviously the team's instructing them on who's behind them and what's going on. It's just like, I mean, it, it ruined my race. I understand that you can gain laps back and because they're not a lap down to the whole field, it, it changes you know, how you let someone pass. But I mean, it's, it was just frustrating because this track's pretty hard to overtake on. And, the fact that uh, I would have had to blow probably 100 seconds of overtake to, <laughs> to try to finally pull off the move, and I, and I wasn't ready to do that. Uh, Robert, uh, the start was a little ragged, to be polite. What did you think of it? There got reviewed, but nothing happened. Uh, I thought it was cheeky. Alex definitely changed the speed before he accelerated. Um, and, I mean, he obviously had a much shorter first gear than everyone around us because he just took off and... I was so low in the RPM in first gear that I got a terrible start. But, uh, you know, I mean, the whole thing is you're supposed to slowly increase your speed and then accelerate into the zone. And he went on the edge of being early, but arguably it's fine because he's the leader. But I thought it was a little cheeky how he kind of changed his speed. Any final questions for Robert before we let him go? Yes. After seeing how well you've driven all year, uh, we would have probably thought you would have had maybe two victories by now. You've got four races left to get that first win. Where do you see as maybe being your best spot, or do you feel like you really need to win a race this season, your rookie year, to really call it a, a complete year for you? I don't feel like I need to do anything. You know, I, I, I want to win. <laughs> that, that's the big thing. But, I mean, I'm not under pressure to, to win a race. You know, I, I'm just trying to do the best job I can every day. And, you know, Obviously, deep down, as a driver, I, I enter every race to win, and I show up to the track. I wake up in the morning, I go to the gym because I want to win. So the fact that uh, it hasn't happened yet, I mean, is it frustrating? Sure. Have we had better opportunities during the season? Yes. But uh, ultimately, you never know what's going to happen down the stretch. There's been races where I thought I would never even challenge into the top five, and we got podiums. So it's, uh, it's, this, this is a crazy championship. Anything can happen. And uh, you know, down the stretch, there's two more ovals that obviously I've never been to. And uh, I raced in Portland 11 years ago and uh, tested in Sonoma in February. So, I mean, we're going to have to uh, put our heads together. I mean, anything can happen. Portland's going to be a wild card for everybody. So uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Well, it's, it's tough, right? I don't know if TK and Sato were fighting for position in that area, but... Uh, there was just blue flags every time for like TK and Sato, but they were fighting for position and they didn't have to let me buy. So obviously they're not going to, right? Um, but it was just uh, just one of those things with the current rules and how our blue flag rules here in, are in IndyCar. It's, 
just kind of have as a leader. They they were dicing like I think TK put Slato into the grass like in the kink and turn three once, and I was just like just kind of sitting in a podium spot waiting to see what they're gonna do because obviously I wasn't really that interested in going like three wide with those guys when they're pushing each other in the grass and stuff. But uh, you know it's it was a kind of a risk versus reward type of thing. I saw the the wind slipping away, but I also saw it as a good point stake because everyone that apart from obviously Alex that were fighting for the championship we were ahead of so. It was one of those kind of, yeah, risk versus reward. And I waited for a mistake from Sato, capitalized on that, and then I was able to get by TK in one lap. So it's uh, just a shame. Would have been nice if that happened about 10 laps earlier. Okay, while you were following Sato, uh, Alex was following your teammate by about 20 car lengths. Would you kind of hope that he had maybe gotten a little loose and maybe had some tire dig and drifted back a little bit to help you out a little? <laughs> um, if it was my previous job, that would have happened, but uh, <laughs> um, no. Honestly, it's here here in IndyCar. I mean, I, I I love the fact that it's pure racing through and through. It doesn't matter if it's teammate versus teammate or whatever the scenario is. It's just everyone's fighting for every inch. And I don't even know which teammate you're referring to that Alex was behind. Okay. Um, um, but you know, he's he's a fighter. He's a fighter, but he's a, he's a good sportsman. So he definitely wouldn't. Uh, do anything that he, that he shouldn't, but uh, you know, obviously he's running his race as well. Yeah, that was the second stint. Um, and yeah, it wasn't wasn't comfy, but uh, it was what we had to do. I, I knew we had to push every lap on those reds. And I was, the thing is, this track typically was a, a left front killer. Um, so I was saving the left front, but to keep the lap time, I was pushing extra hard and on the right sides. <laughs> um, so we were actually able to dig the right more than the left, which I wasn't expecting. But uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, honestly, when I saw the the blistering, I was I was surprised. I wasn't really expecting it, but. Um, I was also pleasantly surprised because it allowed me to kind of push more in the in the right-hand corners because obviously I was digging more on on the right-hand side tires. So it uh, it wasn't the end of the world. The blistering started, um, picked up a minor vibration, but we we were five laps from pitting anyway, so I was able to keep kind of a pretty decent lap time. Uh, Robert, um, did you test here? And in case you tested here, how different was the setup in race concerning? compared to the test setup? Uh, yeah, I mean, as a driver, I, I'm not super involved in, in kind of the setup. I'm, I'm more of the guy of, I like to think I have good good feeling, and I tell them what I want, and I'm not really crunching the numbers with the engineer. Um, obviously, I know kind of what direction we're leading, but in terms of the numbers, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's just one of those mental things that I always do. I mean, I feel like you can drive yourself crazy arguing over one millimeter, and then you kind of go outside of your motorsport bubble, and you realize in reality how big one millimeter actually is, and you you think you're an idiot. But um, no, so I, I know we, we definitely weren't far off our qualifying car, but I think where we steered wrong this weekend, um, well, it's hard to say. We, we, had, we had a tough Friday with, with a mechanical issue in free practice one, and, and then uh, a very disrupted FP2 with all the red flags. So we kind of left Friday not sure if we should stress <laughs> overnight or kind of stay true to our word. And we kind of stressed a little, but not a lot. 
and uh, we ended up qualifying on something pretty close to testing, and then we, we raced on a hybrid of, of both. Robert, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you.